welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. We returned for season six to answer the biggest question for a career military families. So when are we going to get out? And everything involved with answering this question. I'm Jen Amos, creator and co-host of Holding Down the Fort and a Gold Star family member and veteran spouse. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop, co-host and chief shower-upper here on Holding Down the Fort. Together, we will converse with special guests from and for our military community to share knowledge and resources and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort while on active duty, going through transition, and into post-military life. Now, let's get into the show. Telling your story, getting it down on paper, getting it out through art, and getting it out in the world, in some way, is mystically healing. A quote by Leah Johnson. At the Veterans Spouse Project, also known as VSP for short, Amy Updegraff and Leah Johnson work very hard to create a safe space for military spouses to share where they are on their life's journey. Amy updates us on the current VSP offerings since she first joined us in February 2021. First time on the show, Leah shares the headspace she's currently in as she and her husband anticipate military transition. Together, they talk about their intense desire to build true community based on authenticity, how everyone's story has equal weight, how listeners can sign up for their next Heart to Script program, and much more. First and foremost, Amy, it was so great to have you back on our show. To our listeners, if you want to hear her past interview with us, look up episode 79 titled The Stability of a Military Spouse's Mental Health is the Cornerstone of the Military Family, Theater and Expressive Arts with Amy Updegraff. So once again, that was episode 79, well over a year and a half ago. We'll talk about it in our conversation here. So Amy, thank you again for coming back. And of course, special thanks to Jenny Lynn, my co-host, for inviting her back to our show to hear the latest VSP offerings. And also to Leah Johnson, thank you so much for joining us for the first time. It was so great to hear your perspective in running Veteran Spouse Project with Amy. Now, with that said, I thought I would also take this time to share some exciting news before we get into this fun, fun, fun conversation today. So as of this recording, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth is a finalist for the 13th annual Plutus Awards presented by Capital Group for Best Military Personal Finance Content. So fun fact, this is our fourth award nomination since we had won our first award back in 2020. I actually shared a post about this on LinkedIn and Facebook. I needed to take some time to reflect and articulate what it means to once again be an award nominee and to be recognized. And so I'm just going to read and elaborate what I had recently shared on my social medias or on my LinkedIn account. And this is what I wrote. I said, I'm never attached to the results. I'm always humbled and grateful to be considered amongst the greats. Because I got to tell you, the nominees for this award are some pretty heavy hitters. And it's just an honor to even be associated with them. Whether we win or lose, it doesn't really matter to me. Instead, what I want to do is take this opportunity to highlight my village. You know, the reason why I get to share this with all of you. And 
these are just people who continue to be a part of my journey and continue to support me and why I have the fortune of making this announcement to begin with. I want to give a quick shout out to Rachel Hernandez. She's also known as Mobile Home Girl, and her business is Adventures in Mobile Homes. Rachel has become a dear online friend of mine. <laughs> we have yet to meet in person, but you know how it goes with the military community and even amongst the podcasting community for that matter. Thank you, Rachel, for just being an advocate for me and for the projects I do and for nominating our show to begin with to you know now be a finalist for the 13th annual Plutus Awards for Best Military Personal Finance Content. Of course, I have to thank Jenny Lynch Droop for being my co-host for the last two years. She has reminded me that she's been on the show for the last two years, and I've kind of been one to not always celebrate anniversaries, <laughs> especially in the recent years. So, you know, thank you, Jenny Lynn, for having been part of this incredible ride here at Holding Down the Fort. And of course, to our editor, Dennis, who's actually editing this right now, <laughs> as I know that I'm already stuttering a lot to just do this recording here. But Dennis always does an incredible job making us sound amazing. So thank you, Dennis, for being our editor. And of course, I have to thank my team, US Vet Wealth, my husband, Scott, and everyone that I work with for just their continual support, sponsorship, and doing what we do to offer unique financial expertise for our military retirees. I actually find it quite interesting that we are a finalist for the best military personal finance content because the majority of our show, we actually don't talk about personal finance. Like, yes, I do quite often bring up US Vet Wealth and you know, every now and then Scott comes on the show and every now and then we do talk about what we're currently up to at US Vet Wealth, as well as touching upon personal finance when we do talk to some of our guests. However, I will be the first to say that we're not fundamentally a personal finance show. But the start of the show was because of our desire at US Vet Wealth to figure out that bridge or to figure out that gap between our service members, our military retirees, and their spouses in understanding personal finance. And so it has been such an incredible journey doing this show for 140 plus episodes since 2019, since summer 2019 to rather than ask people directly what their take is on personal finance, but to just listen, to just listen to the military community, listen to our military families, listen to our military retirees, our veterans, our seasoned spouses, our military children, just listen to what they are going through on a day-to-day -day basis, You know, whether it's in that active duty military lifestyle or post-military. And it's been through the listening that I have learned so much from all of you and why our show continues to refine itself and why we are able to create a spinoff show called The Spouse Benefit Plan by US Vet Wealth. It's because all of you have taken the time to be on the show and to share and to allow someone like me, a gold star daughter returning to the military community 20 plus years later, partly, mainly, I blame my husband for that, Scott, but also because of the work we do together, you know, this person who just came back into the military community with curiosity as to why, for example, the topic of the survivor benefit plan is a hard topic to discuss amongst military couples. To have the opportunity to just listen and to be in community with all of you has been an absolute pleasure. And so this nomination, this fourth award nomination since 2020, since we won Media Professional of the Year, this is dedicated to you. Whether we win or not, I always just want to make it a point to acknowledge the reason why we are here to begin with. It's because of you, our military community, our listeners, our spouses, 
our retirees, our veterans, our military children, our Gold Star family members, just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to our military community, the less than 1% who serve our country. And yes, that does include our families as well. Ah, All right. Well, (laughs) that was a lot. I wasn't expecting all that to come out of me. I want to share that the winners will be announced at the Plutus Awards on September 9th at FinCon 22 in Orlando. You can learn more about Plutus Awards at their website, PlutusAwards.com. That's spelled P-L-U-T-U-S awards.com. So PlutusAwards.com to learn more about FinCon 22 and who the winners are going to be. Early congrats to all the winners. All right. Well, with that said, thank you all so much for listening to my initial announcements here. Let's go ahead and dive into our conversation today with Amy and Leah. Enjoy. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here at the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your creator, co-host, and new cat mom, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my co-host with me, Jenny Lynch Troop, who is a military spouse, mom of two boys, and military family advocate. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, so glad to be here today. Yes. And we are really excited because today's guest was your suggestion. And one of them, one of two of them, actually was on our show in the past. So let me go ahead and bring them on right now. We have Amy Updegraff, who is the founder and artistic director of the Veteran Spouse Project. And we have Leah Johnson, who is the executive director and developmental director at the Veterans Spouse Project. So without further ado, Amy and Leah, welcome to Hold Down the Fort. Or Amy specifically, welcome back. And Leah, welcome to Hold Down the Fort. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jenny Lynn, I thought I'd open up with you real quick because you had been working with Amy for some time now and suggested that we bring her back on the show. So any opening thoughts about that? Yes. So because of the podcast, I got to work with Amy and some of her excellent folks at VSP. With my work at the Cohen Clinic, we did a fantastic both art and writing activity for military spouses to celebrate Military Spouse Appreciation Day in 2021. And it was such a lovely experience. And I have stayed connected via social media to VSP. And recently, and actually concluded last night, did their Seeking Wisdom book club. And I just thought, man, there is so much more to Veteran Spouse Project than like we initially talked about that I thought it was mm-hmm. it would be excellent to bring Amy and some of her folks back on to discuss all of their offerings because it's very different than what we discussed a year and a half ago. And I thoroughly enjoyed the book club. Here's the plug for the book club. <laughs> Always join. You'll get what you need. And short story on that, Leah and Amy both heard this, but the book club we just did on Seeking was I actually picked that book up in a bookstore like a week and a half before the book club started. And I walked around this bookstore holding this book going, this is something I probably really need. Mm -hmm. And then I talked myself out of buying the book because I thought there's no way on God's green earth, I'm going to have the internal fortitude to make myself sit down and read and do the book. And wouldn't you know, I get home and about two days later, I get the Veteran Spouse Project invitation email to join the book club Seeking Wisdom. And I thought, damn it, like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do the book. 
Like, <laughs> I just can't get away from it. Undeniable. And so I joined the book club semi-begrudgingly only because I was like, again with the book? Um, <laughs> The people are lovely. Don't let my begrudgingly <laughs> deter you. The people are lovely. And I am really glad for that continued nudge to do the book because walking through it with the people who are so intentional about your heart and your story has been such a gift, especially in this time of transition for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Jenny Lynn. Yeah, we... We try very hard to make sure we are creating space for people to to just share where they are on, on their male spouse or just life's journey. And there is something to be said about being in a group, a community of <laughs> other spouses, people who have walked. I mean, we say we talk a lot about the generational benefits that we get from the older spouses and the younger spouses. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. I'm here at West Point and there's they say that the long gray line of grads. And I think there's so much truth to that. There's a parable there for spouses somewhere. I just haven't dug it out yet, but it is beautiful. So that's what I loved about, especially our this book, past book club. It was very intergenerational. Yeah. I love that. I feel like I missed out on something. There's another one. That's okay. There's always another one. Don't worry. <laughs> there's Noted. a new one coming up. Heard about it last night. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. I'm actually currently part of another book club, but What I like about book clubs is it's not necessarily about the book. I think the book is a conversation starter and an icebreaker. Mm -hmm. It's more about like people's interpretation of Mm -hmm. the book and the relationships. I think that can foster from that, being able to share your perspective and your story and how the book resonates with you in a certain way. So it sounds like it was a wonderful bonding experience for the people that were a part of it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, you know, Amy... I realized that you were on our show, episode 79, back in, get this, February 2021. So this was like a year and a half ago. hundred years ago. Like, I don't know if that's when we recorded it, but it's definitely when your last episode was published. So our listeners, if you want to listen to that previous episode, it's episode 79. And at the time, you know, you had shifted the Veteran Spouse Project to offer virtual classes and workshops to provide self-care tools to military spouses. I imagine so much has happened since then. And as Jenny Lynn has hinted, the Veteran Spouse Project has really expanded in its services. So tell us a little bit about that journey, you know, since you've last been on our show. Yeah, so we did. I mean, we, like every other organization on the planet, (laughs) when the pandemic hit, you know, had to make the hard shift and do, okay, Mm -hmm. how do we still meet needs of our community in a way that is safe and makes sense. So we did, we decided to move it, all of our offerings at the time online. Mm -hmm. And of course, like all things, when you open yourself up, just amazing things come to you. So we had an incredibly successful first year of offering online classes. And we brought in facilitators from all across the country. We offered a really diverse offering of writing and creative arts and meditation, mindfulness, yoga. Like we kind of just threw everything at the wall to see what was going to stick. And, you know, then over the course of the last 18 months, we've been able to kind of focus in on what the community really 
desires, mm -hmm. what seemed to really be effective and speak to the hearts of the people that were participating. And so, yeah, we've been able to continue. Like Jenny Lynn said, we did a book club all summer, but now this fall we'll offer this fall, we're going to offer a writing class that I will teach another book club and then an additional just kind of creative arts, expressive arts workshop going into the holidays. So we definitely aren't slowing down when it comes to the virtual offerings. And I think we found the added piece that as a military community, it speaks to us pandemic or not. I mean, mm -hmm. none of us are in the same place. None of us will stay in the same place necessarily. So to be able to offer this to our military spouse communities just felt really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know the value of in-person community where we are and the importance of that. But mm -hmm. to also be able to have some sustainable community online and, you know, you see the same faces and classes and you kind of know their stories and you're able to really connect and feel safe and supported, I think will always speak to our mission because it's, mm -hmm. it's 100% who and what we represent. Yeah, I think the key thing I'm gathering from the Veteran Spouse Project is that sense of community and connection. That seems to be the core of what you guys do. Mm -hmm. That's definitely what we strive mm -hmm. to be and do. And I've spoken about this before. I think unintentionally, military spouses tend to put on the right? We're going to put on the brave face and we're going to suck it up buttercup and we're going to do all those things that we're told we quote unquote are supposed to do and be. Mm -hmm. And I think we, Leah mm -hmm. and I and, and the rest of, of our team work very hard to create space for us to put all that aside yeah. mm -hmm. and to remember that we are human beings first, you know, where we come from all different places. We represent all different types of stories across generations and we want spouses to be able to feel like they are safe to say whatever is on their heart and needs to be said. Yeah, I love that. Leah, I imagine there are some thoughts you want to add as well. Gosh, Amy's always so good with her words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as she was speaking, I was just thinking about how we do live these really forward-facing lives, especially in different times, you know, and, and most of it that's based on our spouse's position at the time, you know, whether mm -hmm. they're in a leadership position and you're supposed to be. So right before I met Amy, and I, I don't know that we've ever talked about this, Amy, and related it, but right before I met Amy, my husband was going into battalion command. And that's when Amy and I met was both of our husbands were together in that position. And I was getting advice from spouses who had walked this before me. And one woman and her husband both told me, you can't let anybody in. You have to always be on your guard. You have to, mm. you know, don't tell that story that you just told about your family upbringing, that piece that was hard. Don't tell that people will be looking for stuff to use against you. And it was this mm. advice wow. that went so counter to like the core of who I am. Like it is literally impossible for me to just, I don't do unauthentic. I can't do it. It's just a part of my makeup. So I get to the battalion and I'm ready and engaged and excited to mentor these younger spouses. And it's, it's truly my love to build community and to that mentorship piece is really important to me. And I get there and I think I lasted about 20 minutes of the first event where I was like, no, everything's fabulous. I've got it all together. My children are amazing. Mm. My marriage is perfect. And then I was like, wait, you guys, we're in Alaska and this is really hard. Is anyone else literally dying? And they were all like, <laughs> thank God, 
we are all literally dying. And so it was this moment that, and then, you know, the next two years went on and he was in that position. And when we left Alaska, my last night with those women and spouses, you know, I mean, that was the conversation. That's what I told them. I said, thank you guys for like welcoming me in that authentic way. And so it was during that time that I met Amy and we both realized that she and I both had this intense desire for true community that was based around authenticity. Mm -hmm. And that's really what built up the Veteran Spouse Project. And we had spouses during that time because our husbands were both in these forward-facing positions and we were in these, you know, living these forward-facing lives. But we were also putting this thing into the world that told the hard stories and told the beautiful, heartbreaking truths of this lifestyle. And I mean, Amy, you remember how many spouses that were so much younger came up to us and said, we have never, ever seen somebody Mm. in your position speak so honestly. Thank you. I thought Mm -hmm. that I was doing it right. You get, I thought I was doing it wrong. I thought that there was something the matter with me. And that just really solidified my belief that we do ourselves as military spouses a true disservice by continuing to put on a fake face. And I'm not talking about dwelling and wallowing, but I'm also not talking about that fake, everything's right and good and okay, because it it can't always be. So it's true. I love these moments in our small virtual classes where we all connect and true authenticity comes out. And people say, I've never been able to tell anybody this before, but I feel safe doing that here and now. And burdens are lifted. And I mean, I don't think I am over speaking when I say lives are changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful to be a part of it. And like Leah said, to walk alongside younger spouses who are like, oh, this is hard for you too. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a disaster over here. <laughs> like, and then the flip side to that is I'm, I'm working on a project right now with a woman, Jeannie Puckett, whose husband, Ralph Puckett, just received the Medal of Honor. He's the most decorated U.S. Army soldier in history. Wow. And she, we're, we're working through her story and she just shared a moment with me when Ralph left for Vietnam that Mm. like was so real and honest and just like it busted me wide open. And I was just like, Jeannie, this is giving me so much comfort, right? To know that like, it's hard. It's hard in 1968. It's hard in 2007. And it's hard now for brand new spouses who are watching, right? It's it's hard and it's okay to say that. Mm -hmm. So I do love it. I love what we do. You do too. Yeah. And I, I think that the reason why people can open up is like you both emphasizing is you create that safe space. You do everything in your power to make sure people feel like they can open up. Mm-hmm. Jenny Lynn, I imagine you have some thoughts. So just want to check in with you. Oh, so many thoughts. Fortunately, they're no longer leaking down my face as they were both sharing. No, I just, what came to mind when Leah was talking about, you know, the spouse that recommended she not be open and everything was fine was this analogy, I think uh, one of the pastors at our church in California gave us, and it was about like level of friendship being akin to a house. And there are some friends like you let come hang out on the porch and they're going to know a little bit. And there's some friends like that come sit in your den and they get to know a little bit more. And then there's your very close inner circle that like gets to come in your bedroom, like, you know, and it's levels of intimacy. And that is the thing when I think about my life as a military spouse and the mentorship I received, 
I know full well that the more senior spouses who mentored me when my husband was the baby ensign on an aircraft carrier, like that I'm not in their inner circle. We were not living the same stage of life, you know, mm-hmm. and also they never made me feel other or that it was different. Um, and I think that that is something, you know, I've definitely tried to keep in mind as I have become more seasoned and identify myself <laughs> as a seasoned spouse, you know, is that there are those people you can go really deep with and that circle probably should be a little smaller than the internet. But there are, you know, but there's a certain level of authenticity you can bring to almost everything, whether it's a stranger for coffee or, you know, the group of your family readiness group that you see on a regular basis. I mean, this is part of the reason I really wanted to bring Veteran Spouse Project back on because I so deeply appreciate their mission because it is so aligned with the way that I try to live. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is why I love to continue to be involved with the military community is just that rawness, that spirit of hospitality and authenticity and openness, you know, and I was thinking about what you were talking about, Leah, how that spouse told you to basically, you know, be stoic and act a certain way, don't say certain things. And I think about my mom having been a foreign spouse. And, you know, unfortunately, I had learned to kind of have a vindictive perspective toward people to, to think that the world was unsafe. And it's really only now in, in the recent years, especially living in Virginia and experiencing the Southern hospitality here, you know, where it's like, oh, like it is safe to open up about things. It is safe to like, I don't have to, you know, keep my head down when I walk past someone. I can actually give people eye contact. And, you know, in a way, like hearing you all talk about this, it just affirms that the world can be a safe space. You just have to find the people willing to create that space for you. So just thank you. Thank you both for um, just the work that you're doing. And, and Jenny Lynn, thank you for talking through that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Leah, it's, it's your first time on our show. But either way, you know, you are in an interesting stage of your life right now as a military spouse. You're talking about the closeness and everything you've been experiencing with Veteran Spouse Project alone. But you and her husband are coming to a close with your military life. So tell us a little bit about that and where your headspace is right now. Gosh, it is literally all over the map. I go Mm -hmm. through, I mean, on a single mile dog walk alone, I'll go, no, don't ever get out of the army. I love this so much. I literally don't want to do anything else. And then quarter of a mile later, I'm like, if he doesn't get out tomorrow, I'm getting in the car and I'm driving away. It's do I can't do this anymore. And I don't think I'm alone in that just like frenetic feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're here at West Point. It's a two-year job. One of his wildest dreams come true. He's so happy and professionally fulfilled here. It's where he started. He's a grad, mm. a West Point grad. So it's kind of, it's like this beautiful serendipitous coming full circle. And it's really honestly the perfect off-ramp. Mm. He has been in for 20, I think four years this wow. May. and. Mm the entire time he's been with combat units. So there has never been the knee or the breather. It's been deployment Mm. after after training, after, you know, it's just been a wild 24 years. And so as we get here and we begin to unwind, it's a lot of terrifying feelings. Amy and I were actually talking last week because I was like, I feel like an elephant's just sitting on my chest. Like Mm. I just can't seem to catch a breath. And as we just began 
to unravel kind of where that stress might be coming from, I identified a fear that I can only describe as like for the past 20 years, and I think a lot of military spouses might be able to feel like this or might be able to identify with this. I feel like I've been hanging on to his coattails. So much mm. of my identity is wrapped up in like, well, my husband's a West Point grad and my husband's deployed or my husband is mm. doing this. And, you know, I've been able to really create an identity for myself. And the Veteran Spouse Project has been a big part of that. And prior to that, I've done a decent job, but still so much of that centers around who he is. Mm-hmm. And our plan is to retire and we're going to move to Alaska because we it was a place that we fell in love with in all of the moves that we've done. And so we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work out, we'll come back. It's We know how to move. But I, you know, <laughs> I told Amy last week, I feel like for 20 years, I've been riding his coattails. Mm-hmm. And in two years, he's going to shake his coat off He's going to shed it and I'm going to still be clinging to the coattails because I don't know who I am necessarily without identifying with the military community via Mm -hmm. him. And I don't know how to do that yet. So I think that's going to be something big to work out. You know, you spend this 20 years where you are important in some ways. You matter Mm. to people. People seek you out for mentorship, especially as we become more seasoned. You know, because of his job, we, uh, you know, we are in these forward facing positions where it feels like we're needed and Mm -hmm. we're going to leave here and nobody's going to need us or care. And that's just, you know, I don't know. And I don't say that in like a Debbie Downer way. Just I think it's a very honest assertion. And I think Amy could even speak to that because they did something very similar. They He went from a really high profile kind of forward facing job to Oak Ridge, Tennessee, right? And there's this transition of like, but now what? So I don't, I don't know. I've been so out here at West Point for these two years, I've committed to really exploring what it looks like. My kids are now all a little bit older. My youngest is in second grade. So not much older, but they're still a little, they need me less, which that's another identity that feels like it's being stripped away that I'm having a lot of feelings about. But I'm exploring what it looks like to try out being alone a little bit more often, or maybe I'm doing things that are not for other people as much. And I that Seeking Wisdom really helped me kind of the book club we just finished helped me kind of work through some of that and realize that it's not selfish to want to figure out the things that make you feel joy rather than what others maybe need or expect from you. So Mm. that's kind of this, I think it'll be my 18 month undoing of figuring out what that looks like. And even like, I I think if, if I'm okay to, you know, I also think like identifying (laughs) what I want was a big Mm. thing for me when Jamie retired, like Jamie kind of decided he was going to retire. And I was a little like, wait, what? You're going to wait, what? And I, I always felt a little behind. Like he was like, no, I'm going to retire. Oh, I think I'm going to take this job, right? It'll be great. And I was like, will it be great? What are we doing? I don't like, wait. And then, you know, we get here and he had transitioned and retired. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, when the moving, the nonstop moving and resettling stops and all of a sudden my kids are in the same schools and his job, he works um, in nuclear security. So his job is actually like super top secret. Like I will never see his office. I will never go to an office party. <laughs> like we will complete opposite from military life. And so all of a sudden I was like, 
I don't even know that I remember what I like. Like, what do I, mm. what do I like to, what do I want to do? Like, mm. it was really in some ways sad for me. Like I had to go through mm-hmm. a morning of like, wow, I don't, I've been so disconnected from my own heart's desire for so long because I had to be right to survive and to take care of the kids and to keep us moving and to that. I don't even know anymore. And then also excited to think that, oh my gosh, we're going to be in a place where I can decide who and how and what I want to be and do. And so... Well, what I thought was so interesting watching Amy walk through that a couple years ago was, and we joked when we met, because when Amy and I met, it was like fireworks and volcanoes. We were like, where have you been all my life? You are now literally like come straight to the bedroom intimacy. Like you're you're here, you're in. What's your name again? Like it was really bizarre. Even our husbands were like, this is, are we? And I was like, just don't worry about it. Listen, all the things you, you're you not giving me on the deep end, I'm just going to get from her. It's good. We're good. Oh, we're good. Oh, we're good. Yes. yes. We would always joke, like as military spouses, we go deep and we go fast. Like there is no other way. You're going to be here two years. You're going to be here 18 months. You're going to be here three years. Like I'm going to need my best friend that I walk with. I'm going to need my friend a coffee with. I'm going to need my friend at workout with. And who's having wine with me? Mm-hmm. And we better find this out fast and quick and get her done. And I love that because I'm naturally inclined to do that. It doesn't, I don't have to take a long time to warm up to somebody and, and Amy doesn't either. So it was just this perfect storm. But, and I think a lot of military spouses are like that too, to an extent. But when Amy, when Jamie retired, I remember finding it so interesting when she would be like, no, I'm going to take it slowly with people because the flip of that is sometimes we make disastrous decisions when it comes to who we go deep and quick with, and then we just get to leave. So we don't ever really have to sort out relationship issues Mm. at a deep level because we're like, oh, in six, I can handle this for six months because we're just PCSing. And I've even told my kids that like, oh, you don't like that girl in your science class? That's cool. We got four months left. Like just ignore (laughs) her. It'll go away. (laughs) But, you know, and, and I think this is, I'll benefit from this advice that Amy just walked through is when she got to Tennessee, you're not going anywhere. So you've got to not be more choosy or closed mm. off, like not suggesting that at all, but just to be more aware maybe of mm-hmm. who you're dragging up to the bedroom. I love that analogy, Jenny Lynn. That was <laughs> I do too. I'm going to use that all the time. And it might be a slow invitation into the sitting room. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, th- I just think that's such that, I think for me is going to be a huge I'm just going to have to be purposeful. Well, I'm you can say it'll be a huge struggle for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm just taking everything you're sharing, Leah. And as I process my thoughts, I just want to take a quick second here to talk about what's been going on with our sister podcast show, The Spouse Benefit Plan. So right before Disney Institute's Veterans Institute Summit, I had released two episodes on the Spouse Benefit Plan by U.S. Vet Wealth. And as a reminder, the Spouse Benefit Plan by U.S. Vet Wealth is the sister podcast show to Holding Down the Fort, which is really dedicated to helping career military families, particularly military retirees and seasoned spouses, to make confident and informed decisions about keeping or declining the survivor benefit plan. And so I want to talk about these two latest episodes that were recently released. As I mentioned before, Jenny Lynn and I went to Disney World a couple of weeks ago. Episode eight is titled, What is the Actual Probability of Receiving the Survivor Benefit Plan? And this is a continuation of our case study in the previous episodes. 
with the rank of 05, retiring at 20 years, making a decision about the survivor benefit plan. So in episode eight, this is part one of a two-part series where we finally answer the question, what is the actual probability of receiving the survivor benefit plan? At this point, I do share some general reflections of what it has been like to produce the spouse benefit plan by US Vet Wealth podcast so far, considering how this project has been essentially going on since the beginning of the year. I do take the time here to be candid about the client skepticism that my colleagues and I at US Vet Wealth have received when we propose private financial solutions, such as an alternative to the spouse benefit plan. And I explain where I first heard the survivor benefit plan being described as the quote-unquote morbid talk. Also in this episode, I do walk the listener through the survivor benefit plan probability calculator to help our listeners determine what is the actual probability that a retiree's spouse will receive the survivor benefit plan. This is the kind of show that you listen to in chronological order. I would say this episode, episode eight and episode nine, really conclude our take on the survivor benefit plan, our understanding of the survivor plan, of the survivor benefit plan, and more importantly, our observation of a military couple's, a seasoned spouse, and a military retiree's perspective on the survivor benefit plan. And so I would say these are the last two episodes that really conclude and most of all answer that question like, well, what is the probability that the spouse would benefit from the survivor benefit plan? Is it better to have it or to not have it? Is it better to look into alternative solutions? Ultimately, really answering that question, is it better to have it and not have it? And if you do have it, what is the probability that the spouse will actually need something such as the survivor benefit plan? So if you and your spouse are really at the edge of transition and you are now posed with the question, do you want to keep or decline the survivor benefit plan? Highly, highly recommend that you take a listen to the show. We put a lot of love and heart and research into it so that we can really go beyond the morbid talk and help you make a confident and informed decision about the survivor benefit plan. Once again, you could subscribe on every major podcasting platform. To learn more, you can visit the website, thespousebenefitplan.com. That is episode eight. I'll briefly read episode nine because as I was doing this recording, I realized that it was going to take me more than an hour to do this. And so here is the title of episode nine. If you're interested in hearing about part two of the two-part series, it's titled, How Many Years Does a Surviving Spouse Have to Live Before They Receive the Lifetime Value of the Survivor Benefit Plan? And so, like I said, this is a continuation of episode eight. And in this particular episode, we talk about the responsibility that a surviving spouse has to take before they receive the survivor benefit plan, what happens if the spouse predeceases the retiree, and what the annual benefit of the survivor benefit plan should be compared to. And hint, one thing that we reveal in this episode is it's not the cumulative cost of the SBP. Also, we get into what is the lifetime value of the survivor benefit plan and the probability a surviving spouse will receive it. Also, a sneak peek into upcoming episodes. So yeah, lots to cover in the most recent episodes here at the Spouse Benefit Plan. Once again, if you are a career military family and you are nearing a transition and you are in the talks of transitioning out and the Survivor Benefit Plan is a big question mark that you and your spouse need to answer and more importantly, make a confident and informed decision about, check out thespousebenefitplan.com to learn how you can listen to the show and get educated. With that said, let me get back to my thoughts. It's interesting because the first decade of my life, I 
grew up as a military child and we moved every two to three years. And once we got settled in San Diego, although we physically settled, I didn't mentally settle. Even when we got to San Diego, I went to two different elementary schools. And then before I could catch my breath, I was already in middle school. And then before I could catch my breath, I was already in high school. And then I went to a second high school. And then that just kind of like, I just felt like there was this constant like having to start over. And anyway, I resonate with your story because I'm in a headspace now where I want to grow deeper roots. And I'm in my mid-30s already. It's taken me 20 plus years to finally be like, okay, I don't want to just pick up and go. I do want to stay somewhere. Now that we're in Norfolk, I have decided that I want to deepen my relationships. And you know, even with Jenny Lynn, we have been doing the show together for, I believe, two plus years now. And even for us, we want to continue to like deepen our like working relationship mm-hmm. and even our personal relationship, especially after our experience at the Disney Institute's Veteran Institute Summit a couple of weeks ago now. And I say all this because it's a very vulnerable place even for me to be in at this point in my mid-30s to be like, okay, I'm willing to like see where a relationship can go even further. You know, like not just like, okay, like if this project fails, great, I could just start over and have different people to work with and whatever. So I can resonate with your story because being in that place of like, okay, like we got to deal with issues now. You know, right. we, we got to like, if we're going to deepen these relationships, part of it is dealing with conflict. And so I just appreciate you guys sharing that because I can really resonate that resonate with that story. Now being in this headspace where it's like, I want to deepen relationships. And part of that is working through conflict. Part of that is having the harder conversations. Jenny Lynn, <laughs> any thoughts? <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, we're still a handful of years from transitioning out of the military. You know, who knows? We could be four by the books or we could be another 14. Who knows? It'll all depend. But the other thing that I think is an interesting transition that a lot of us that are more seasoned are going through now is like, I've only ever been a spouse in post 9-11. Like, my husband has served the entire time in post 9-11 conflict. And now, I mean, it's over. And I say that as judiciously as I can, like, by the books, it is over. No one can see my air quotes, quote unquote. And we are shifting to a different landscape of how we do things as a military and, you know, I am the lone Navy spouse on the podcast today. It's very different being a Navy spouse. We have warfare is very much shifting to a maritime area because of the things happening in the world. All of the trade and all of the internet lies under the ocean. And so mm-hmm. right now, that is where the protection is needed. And so we've gone from a ground focus. Navy support mm-hmm. to a Navy focused everybody else support. And it's a different thing to have seen the end of one and be moving into another and still be involved. Because what does that mean? The things that I knew before mm-hmm. are not the things happening now. Mm-hmm. I mean, my husband's on another deployment currently, and it is not. <laughs> straight to the Arabian Sea, launch jets into Iraq and Afghanistan. It's a very different deployment that is constantly shifting. Like the things we knew, again, air quotes, at the beginning were going to be the things 
are not the things three weeks into deployment. And so it's a different world. And I find myself wondering how to mentor well in that shift because we're still in. And then Matthew will still be in for at least four years, if not longer. You know, and how do we grow and change within that when for two decades, I mean, my whole adult life, we were in the same conflict and my whole military spouse life, we were in the same conflict until we're not. And so it does take a level of awareness and it takes a level of like looking to people who have been through other things, I think. And I love like what VSP does with the multi-generational is so important to me and such an aspect that I love about the military life I've led and that I hope to bring into you know, the way that I mentor people coming up and the way that I am in the world. I mean, I will go on record and say that like 85% of the time always have a mentor. Like (laughs) based on moves, I always look for a new one, but it's always someone much older than me because Mm -hmm. I want, like I want what they have and I want to learn how they live the life well and not just military, but in general. And I think it's so helpful that like, Leah, you got to watch Amy do this and learn well. And like, now you'll be able to take that into your next transition and go, hey, this is what I loved about watching Amy. And these are the things that like, maybe don't fit me right now where I'm at. And I think that's, I think that's great. And I think you both bring that, you know, to the table of VSP, which is really great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that we really do try to do through all of our programming at VSP is, you know, we're a storytelling organization. That is what we 100% pride ourselves on. And I'm a firm believer in everyone's story has equal weight, right? Because this 20-year-old spouse can't help it that she hasn't had these decades of experiences that you, Jenny Lynn, have had or I've had. But that doesn't make her any less anxious, afraid, fearful, right? And so I think it's important. And, you know, it's even like the genie pockets, you know, when I say like, well, call my husband didn't go to Vietnam. And right. she's like, well, yeah, but I mean, Ralph only went once and look at how many times your husband has. To, right. And it's all like to be able to be like, no, it's not a who's had it harder or who's done. It's a just mm-hmm. everybody's story has equal value. And I think, you know, like you said, as you navigate this brand new environment that the military is walking into, you know, you're going to do it beautifully because you're going to do it openly and honestly and authentically. And you're going to be able to say to those younger spouses, like, yeah, I'm not really sure either, but I'm here and you're here and we'll figure it out. Right. And that, that's all you can do. Well, the beautiful thing I think that you would bring to the table and the seasoned spouse brings to the table, even in ever-changing landscapes and ever-changing ways of warfare is you know, the 20 years of stumbling and getting back up, stumbling and getting back up. So what you do know is how to get back how up. To get back. You might not know what's going to lead be next or what's going to lead up to that, but you know, without a shadow of a doubt that you can get back up mm. and they can too. And that's what I think I got the most from my mentors along the way is you could strip away every single detail. Mm-hmm. And what I got was you're going to get back up and you're going to do it together. You're never going to do it alone because yeah. we don't ever, ever succeed alone. 
I love that you said get back up and not be resilient. (laughs) (laughs) I know all my theories on resilience. We don't need to rehash them on the 89th podcast, but I love that you said get back up and do it together. Yeah. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Good verbiage. Good verbiage. Yeah. For all our listeners, you should have seen the looks on everyone's faces when I said resilient. It was pretty, it was great. It was visceral. It was (laughs) not a fan, not a fan. Yeah. Thank you both for sharing just this heartfelt message about VSP. And like you said, Amy, you are a storytelling organization. Speaking of which, I do want to get into one of the programs you've been offering this year called Heart to Script. And, you know, based on the performances I have already seen for the past program, the heart to script is very heartfelt. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about this program and, you know, how spouses can get involved. Sure. So we started offering a heart to script writing class back when we moved all of our offerings, all of our classes online. And it really just stemmed from, I mean, I am a playwright. Like I write plays. I'm I don't necessarily bill myself as a writer. I definitely think and write in terms of plays and dialogue and creating relationships and conversations and telling stories that audiences are going to see and hopefully be impacted by. So, I was like, "Well, I feel comfortable offering this particular writing class that would kind of talk about how to tell your spouse story." as a monologue, which I think most everyone knows a monologue is an actor on stage by themselves. I'm just kind of giving a little peek into what's happening in that particular character's life in that moment. So we kind of started with that. And then it just really, (laughs) it really, really resonated with people. I think the ability to kind of, I work very hard through writing prompts and through the class to kind of help spouses take this big picture military spouse story and help them maybe focus in on, you know, what were some of those defining moments, you know, hard or beautiful or bittersweet or whatever those were that you kind of circle back to in your own story. And why do you circle back to those? And what do you actually feel about those? And, you know, and the stuff that just came out of spouses was, I can't even, it's so (laughs) beautiful and authentic and raw. And I love everything about it. And so we ended up connecting some of those military spouse monologue writers with professional actors who helped us workshop those pieces into performances that we recorded for a fundraiser we did last year. And that was kind of where we landed. We were like, that was amazing. What an amazing experience. And then Leah and I decided we would apply for a national endowment for the arts grant because I don't know, it seemed like a thing we would never get anyway. So why not try it? (laughs) The conversations leading up to that were funny, but yeah, so we did really just like, oh, it'd be good practice. It's good grant writing. They asked for all of these very elaborate. Okay. And then jokes on us. They totally loved the project and and gave us the grant. Ah. That's awesome. So what that means for us now is we're about to kick off an 18 month heart to script true project. We're calling it the monologue series, but I'll teach three heart to script classes and spouses will be able to sign up through that. One will start this fall. There'll be another one in the winter and another one in the spring. Mm -hmm. Spouses can sign up. And, you know, the the important piece is just creating safe space to share your story. But Mm -hmm. out of that class will inevitably come some really, really powerful stories. 
And then we will take those and there'll be a part of an advanced writing group where we will work at kind of curating and editing those into an actual performance piece. And then we'll workshop that piece with professional actors. And then that will lead in November of 2023 to a reading of the piece. And, you know, I I don't know yet if it will be a full play. I mean, Leah always is so patient with me when I'm like, well, I don't know what it is because we're still making it. She's like, and that's a fun conversation with donors. You're like, well, I don't really know what it's going to be, but we need some money. Okay. Okay. Do you love our mission? Oh, good. Yeah. And when she's like, but I need to know what it is. And I'm like, well, I can't tell you. And she's like, Amy. And I'm like, I know. So sorry. You're frustrated, but you have to let the story tell itself. And she's like, I'm going to poke my eye out. And I'm like, So conflict with your best friend. Yes, yes, what you said earlier. But what we do know is in November of 2023, we will stage a reading of the piece in front of an audience and have a talk back where we hope that audiences and civilians will come and see, hear these stories, help humanize the American service member and their families, and then open up a conversation about ways that civilians can work to empathize and relate. Um, and help, you know, military, military families in their own communities. Oh, that sounds so fun. Yeah. We're very excited. And I think like, even though you don't have like the concrete details as to how things lay out or will lay out, you have the objective, you know, you you know what you want to accomplish. And I appreciate that because I I very much like Scott and I, my husband, like we very much have a build as you go mentality as well. And (laughs) even, even Jenny Lynn and I, we were having a pre-interview with a upcoming or with a guest, hopefully we get them on the calendar. But they were asking us specifically like, oh, how often do you publish or how many episodes, you know, how many seasons do you do? And we're like, well, it kind of depends on how we're doing, how we're feeling, how life takes over, you know? And, and so I just really love that, you know, the intention and the objectives are there. And considering your streak of having, you know, produced so many programs and workshops and everything, I know it's going to be great. I have faith that it's going to turn out to be something amazing. Although I know, Leah, you probably would prefer to have more concrete details, right? (laughs) I am very passionate about matching money with mission. So it is not hard for me to get, because I'm so passionate about our mission, it's not hard for me to sell people on our mission. So yeah, we joke about it. But ultimately, the program is going to be so exciting because Mm. it blends two of our, two of the main columns of our mission, which are creating safe space and healing through arts mm-hmm. for military spouses and building bridges and communities. And since we we have a play, I Will Wait, that we were producing, and that's kind of on the back burner now for a lot of different reasons. So it's exciting for me to come back into that space of getting, like I'm a community builder by nature. So to be able to now we have a mission where not only are we supporting spouses and creating this space for healing because everybody listening knows whether they admit it or not that telling your story, getting it down on paper, getting it out through art, getting it out in the world in some way is mystically healing. Mm-hmm. And there is something the theater people out there know that there is something so beautiful about seeing your story on mm-hmm. stage. And for those of us who see other people's stories on stage, we know that there's so much deepening and stretching that happens when we see stories of people that are nothing like us. Like theater is just this world that brings everyone together. 
And I am so excited to be able to do all of those things in one program. So I'm over the moon about it. I mean, I when she started to lay out her vision for this, and then when we did the monologues for the ball, it was so amazing to see. And, you know, and then to hear the spouses who had participated in Heart to Script, whose monologues then became recorded by professional actors, like there's something powerful in that. Mm-hmm. Really, really powerful. And it's cathartic and it's healing and it's, you know, it's almost indescribable. So, and I think too, there is something to be said, you know, I had several civilian family members or, or friends in the audiences of I Will Wait and other theatrical things we've done who were like, that was hard to watch. Like that was hard Ooh. to hear. <laughs> like that was, and I, you know, a little bit, it was like, oh, was it, was it hard? Well, yeah, it's also hard to live it. So I do think it's important nice. <laughs> for you to understand the American public, what it means when you send service members to war or just mm-hmm. in general, what the families are left holding. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry that it's hard for you, but it's important <laughs> for you to hear it. So sit back down and we're, we're going to keep going. And, you know, I, I think there's just, there's so much value, like Leah said, in seeing your story yeah. shared. Yeah. Well, in the community it brings, I mean, I've found through publishing writing that mm-hmm. is written from my perspective, mostly as a military spouse here lately, like just how many people are like, hey, I've never lived through whatever the thing is I'm talking about, but I've felt mm-hmm. anxious, annoyed, scared, fr- you know, how really all of the emotions are very universal. And that telling that story is helpful. And I think the other thing it does is it humanizes Mm -hmm. us in a way, which sometimes we are not. And Jen and I have talked about this a lot, how she's been on the Marvel Universe kick lately. And like everybody, you know, that's military affiliated is a hero, like a superhero, but they don't show any family members, which one doesn't humanize the service member and for sure doesn't humanize like what's actually going on in their real lives. Like a military is a part of their lives, but they are like whole real people with families and houses and yards to cut. And, you know, all of these things that people a lot of time forget when they're saying thank you for your service. Like they forget that all of the rest of this is like, we live all the rest of the real life too, not just the like going to war. And I love that you guys are putting it, you know, on a stage and on film because I think my one biggest disappointment with the entertainment industry is how military spouses have been portrayed. This is a soapbox I could talk about for the next hour and a half. You and me, girl. You and me. (laughs) Yeah, not it's not favorable. It's not great. And even though even the ones can I tell you my biggest disappointment was watching American Sniper because all of the press around it was like, we show the military family story. And I thought that was a hell of a lot of sand to be a military family story. Like that was a <laughs> lot of Iraq. And then like the parts that were the family story when we lived in a non-military area at the time, like we left the movie and I was so pissed. And my Ooh. husband was like, what is happening? And I was like, they went on the Today Show and talked about, you know, 
how the family at home was. And I was like, do you know what everybody asked me after that movie? So when Matthew was in Afghanistan, did he get to call you from the sat phone? Mm. No, no, <laughs> no, he did not. You know why? No. Because that would have given away his location, right. which is exactly the issue. Like, no, that we didn't have thing. conversations on the sat phone. I know. And pay jewelers and your little necklace thing for Valentine's Day where they're VTCing on an aircraft carrier. Not a thing. Do you know, Matthew, never once VTCs me from an aircraft carrier unless it's set up by the United States Navy because there's no bandwidth. And so it's all of these things that are like, oh, look at them. Aren't they precious? Like how sweet. And you're like, that is literally not our life. Nope. At all. No. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) Keep going. Sounds like you have a lot to get out, Jenny Lynn. (laughs) Same, sister. Same. You know, and I think it's like, and it's exactly what you said. It's this idea of just, you know, I oftentimes have felt like some judgment of like, well, your husband's like a robot to the United States government. And I'm like, uh, like, let's look at the full picture of what Jamie Updegraff brings to, and uh, not that, right? Like, so it's important to understand, like, they have their own personal struggles. We have, I, there were plenty of times he was going to do things that I was like, for the record, I'm not voting for this. <laughs> this is no. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and he's like, I know, right? Like, there's all those conversations where, mm-hmm. I mean, we're just like every other American family. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. They want us to be this certain look and, you know, all of us, and and I say this in the and I will wait. You know, we're all st- they want to envision us shining our American flag pins and making our welcome home banners. And sure, I've I've made the banners, but you know, you're missing the epic fights that are happening. You know, or me dropping him off, being like, okay, I just gonna need you to go because I can't drop you mm-hmm. off here seventeen more times. And this yeah, is yeah, that aircraft better not break down again. Or yeah, all the I mean, I had a four year old on, I don't know, one or two deployments ago and how many nights I had to assure that sweet baby that her daddy was still alive. Like, these are the things, like, yeah. right? Like, you just don't, they're not showing that or that's not what, yeah, you know, people are talking about. But yeah, while they're out there doing all these amazing, heroic, wonderful things, there's an entire life being lived yeah. back home that looks similar in a lot of ways to anybody else's life, right? There's the school fights, the homework, <laughs> running, the, you know, it's, it looks, but it's all done with the backdrop yep. of war. Yeah. yeah. And that adds quite a bit to the story. And even, I mean, and I know we all can share these experiences, but even on my husband's last deployment, you know, he had a soldier that was still in the States who committed suicide. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my husband's call is sure to all the people within his chain of command, but it's to me to say, Amy, hey. I'm going to need you to, and boom, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And that's not, there's no job description for that. There's no checklist for me. Now you're, and what are you going to do? He's half a world away. He can't come home. He can't take care of those families and those things. And mm-hmm. he knows as well as I do that the United States Army isn't going to take care of them in the same way that another family is going to take care of them. So what do you do? You take care of them. Like, and that's the part where I'm like, you know, we're real families and real community, oftentimes doing very hard things, like you said, with the backdrop of war and, you know, and still taking our kids to school and, right. you know, going to baseball practice. <laughs> so, 
Yes. And I believe that if military spouses want to be able to tell this story more effectively, that's why you have heart to script. Yeah. And come sign up. I'm just, yeah, I'm just really excited. I mean, I commend you both for this work that you're doing to help articulate this life. You know, mm-hmm. one thing that I was working on with Jenny Lynn and a bunch of other people when we were at the Veterans Institute Summit, the panel that we did, it was the first military spouse employment mm-hmm. panel that they were going to offer for even though this Veteran Institute Summit has been going on for about a decade now. And I remember it was incredibly important for me as the moderator to build the bridge between mm-hmm. the employers and the CEOs, you know, the business owners who were in the audience to understand the panelists that we were about to interview. And I remember it was the most important thing for me to craft that opening statement, that opening story. Mm-hmm. And I had learned, you know, thanks to Jenny Lynn and basically the entire Disney team, like I, they're just so helpful. It just it was a very emotional trip. I was like, everyone here is so helpful. But anyway, you know, part of what I learned to articulate is that is saying like, you know, imagine that, you know, think about someone you care a lot about and, you know, maybe they have big dreams and imagine that their big dream is to have a fulfilling and purposeful career. And now imagine this, the reason they can't fulfill that career is because of your career. So this is what active duty service members deal with all the time when they have to talk to their spouse and say, honey, we need to move again. And so to be able to even just say those few sentences, and I remember like, you know, like I said, running it by Jenny Lynn and my husband and like everyone, they're like, okay, that's good. Like that's a good opening. I mean, I, I think it's good. I hope you guys think it's good too. <laughs> I love it. Considering that you I love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm right here like, yeah. yeah, hey, pick me. That's me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And so I love that, you know, the work that you both continue to do is to help build mm-hmm. that bridge through the way you communicate and how you present a story. It is an art form. You know, the fact that, you know, that first opening statement for me was probably an easy 30, 45 seconds, but it took so long to get to that. And so I know that, you know, in the last Heart to Script program, I was watching the spouses telling their story in like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe less than four minutes, three and a half minutes, maybe. But like, I, I imagine that it took such a long time for them to get to that point to be able to tell such mm-hmm. a compelling story mm-hmm. in three and a half minutes. So just kudos to you guys and the team that you have to really help spouses tell their story. And I hope that we continue to inspire spouses in our military community for that matter to articulate our stories a lot better Mm. for the public. A hundred percent. And I I say it all the time, but to encourage spouses to take a seat at the table, like we've earned Mm -hmm. a seat at the table. So pull up your chair, scooch apart, (laughs) whoever you got to scooch apart and take ownership of your seat at the table. And know that you have an equal voice there. And again, we we never try to take away what our service members are doing. We understand there's a very clear difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we've also earned our chance to tell our stories. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, we've taken up too much of your time. So let me go ahead and ask you both any final thoughts that you feel like hasn't been shared yet as we close out today. Leah, I'll, I'll I wonder if you could direct people somehow to our YouTube channel because we did yeah. talk a lot about those stories and you can find yes. them all on our YouTube channel. So perfect. I like yes. Make sure people go to that. And I don't know if in your blurb, the sign up will open up in a couple of weeks on our website for Heart to Script and our fall classes. Amy, when are those going to be open? Do you know? They're actually going to launch next week. Next week. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Which is basically like this week, the time this episode yes. gets published. Yes. So, so it's oh, open now, y'all. Yes. 
That's right. right. This Heart to yeah. Script will run the end of October. Heart to Script, it's a class that goes for three weeks because you kind of have mm-hmm. to help the spouse. Like you talked about, like they come in with this big story and we're like, okay, now we're going to get that down to three minutes. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and easy peasy. Yeah. And I've learned over the years, you know, it, it, if you're not um, well versed in the ability to kind of write in the moment and the now, it, it's it's definitely something that takes some spouses some time to be like, wait, what? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. but they get there and it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I do know that if people want to learn more about you, your website is veteranssspouseproject.org. So veterans as in plural, veteranssspouseproject.org. And in addition to the YouTube, which we will provide in the show notes as well, but is there any other way you would like for people to contact you if they wanted to reach out? I mean, I think social media or the website's perfect. Awesome. Is that what we were going to say, Amy? Yeah, I was going to say, absolutely. Social media, the website. And, you know, if you are somebody who has a heart for the arts and a heart for the military, we are really one of the only organizations in the country with those shared missions. So I know Leah mentioned this grant we received from the NEA is a matching grant. We are looking to raise money um, to match it. So if you are part of a company, yeah, $10,000 to be exact. Um, If you are part of a company or just, you know, are somebody with, with the ability to help, help us reach that goal. I may not be able to tell you exactly what it's going to be, but I promise (laughs) you that it's going to be incredibly dynamic and moving. (laughs) There you go. Sell them, Amy. Sell them. (laughs) I love it. Well, Amy and Leah, it was such an absolute pleasure having you on our show. And of course, Amy, thank you for coming back. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. We will have Amy and Leah's information to learn more about the Veteran Spouse Project, as well as the Heart to Script program. We'll have that in the show notes for you. And that's it. We're going to head out now. So thank you all so much for listening. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Hey, thanks again for joining us at Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Once again, I am your co-host, Jen Amos. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you've gotten a lot out of our conversation today, be sure to leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Or you can leave us a kind LinkedIn recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Learn more about Holding Down the Fort by visiting holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And there you'll also be able to find us on social media and how to contact us directly. Thank you all so much for joining us. Until next time. Bye.